Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that gives you the gift of just one delightful page of Talmud every day. And in today's page, Nadarim 43, everyone has gifts on the mind. The rabbis are talking about all kinds of crafty, creative ways to get out of the burden of having made vows. For example, if your friend says, I vow never to eat any of your delicious food, and you see your poor friend really starving, can you kind of like do this thing where you just put all the delicious food down at the table and say, this is no longer my food. This is no one's food. Anyone who wants could eat it. And here, the rabbis alight on a fascinating point. Have a listen. With regard to the dispute between the rabbis and Rabbi Yossi, whether one from whom benefit is forbidden to another can give the other person food by declaring the food ownerless, Rabbi Yochanan said, What is the reason for the opinion of Rabbi Yossi? He holds that the legal status of the process of rendering property ownerless is like that of the acquisition of a gift, just as the acquisition of a gift is not complete until the item comes from the possession of the one who gives the gift into the possession of the one who receives the gift. So too, the process of rendering property ownerless is not complete until the item comes into the possession of the one who acquires it. What a beautiful thought. In other words, gifting is a two-way street. It is a dual process. It's not just enough for you to say, hey, here, yeah, gift. The other person also has to receive it and appreciate it. And here to discuss this essential item, especially in this season of gift giving, is masterful gift giver, the sensei of the holiday season, Stephanie Butnick. Hello. It is great to be back on Take One, my favorite Daily Talmud show. I think this is the perfect page to be confronted with as we talk about holiday buying, holiday gifting, and holiday receiving. And I like this idea that actually receiving the gift is part of the gift itself, right? And I actually want to I, I want to talk with you about gifts for the season, of course. But I want to say I agree with the rabbis because I do not like thank you notes. I like the idea that the receiving of the gift is the completion, right? It's a piece of the gift giving and it ends there. Right. The thank you note is always this like weird I don't coda. want. And then it's like, do I thank you for the thank you note? Do I like I it's actually a, It's love, an endless cycle. Yeah. And and. You know, I feel like in college we read all about this idea, like the gift as like the metaphysical thing, right? That we gift and we start this process of like you gift and then you have to re-gift. And I like it. The rabbis say the receiving is as as important as the giving. And I like to think a lot when I gift. I don't often do like a catch-all gift that I that I send to everyone. I like to think about what does this specific person want this year and what could help them in their lives. This is a very intricate, elaborate process. Yes, I'm not doing it this year, to be perfectly honest. I found the perfect Hanukkah gift for everyone in my life. We'll um, get to that in a second. Yes, but. yes. But I think it's true. The recipient themselves is a big part of the gift giving, right? You you think about this in advance. You wonder, what what is their personality? And so, yeah, hold on, hold on. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's break it down. down. So, okay. So, I, I totally agree. Uh, there's a whole zen, to use a very Jewish term, <laughs> of gift giving and receiving. So, uh, as someone who is very, very good at this, walk us through your gifting process. Step one. You know what? I'm actually going to walk you through one of the best gifts I've received recently. And here's what happened. Over the summer, I picked tennis back up. I made a lesson for myself on the Riverside Park courts on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And I played. And, you know, I borrowed a racket I, and I wore some regular sneakers. And I kind of had this sense like there were some things I would need to do 
if I were to continue playing tennis, right? It would be great to have tennis sneakers. It would be great to have a racket that wasn't, you know, someone else's handed down from someone else. But I was like, you know, I have to play a few more times to get there. And then for my birthday, my sister-in-law sent me a pair of tennis sneakers because I had actually borrowed hers and they were the same size and she bought me my own pair of tennis sneakers. It was a brilliant gift because it was so subtle, so simple. I had forgotten about the fact that I did eventually want to maybe buy myself some some tennis sneakers. It didn't seem like something I was going to do for myself. I didn't need it. I could just wear regular sneakers or I could keep borrowing. But it was this perfect thing where she thought, what does she need? Right, but the gift was also, it's, it wasn't just a, a kind of, okay, seasonal gift. Uh, the calendar says give a gift. Yeah. Here's a gift. It was basically like, I've observed you all year. I've loved you all year. And I noticed that this tennis thing is something that you kind of like, but well, my birth- done it was while. my birthday. But your birthday is coming up. I noticed that this tennis exactly. thing is something that, you know, you haven't done in a while. And here, maybe this will get you back in the swing of things. And here's the thing. It's not like a sexy gift, right? By any means. I mean, tennis sneakers are cuter now than they were when I was last playing tennis, but it was so thoughtful and so amazing. And I think it's this thing. What would this person not buy themselves? Whether that is something extravagant that they would never deign to purchase for themselves or something so mundane, right? So rote, so quotidian that they would not even think to replace this thing they've had for years and years and years or like this old tote bag that maybe they love, but maybe you find them a new version of it. I mean, I think that that is the the genius of gift giving. It's it's different from person to person. So this year, though, none of it matters because you found an across-the-board, perfect, one-size-fits-all gift. So it's true. Most members of my family will be getting new elements of the unorthodox merchandise, which listeners here can get um, at tabletstudios.com. So there'll be a lot of that, which feels slightly customizable, and but also it's great. But for Hanukkah, I'm going to a lot of Hanukkah parties this year, which is great, right? I, I love going to Hanukkah parties. It hasn't happened in a few years. And I found the most perfect olive oil company. It's a new startup. So the company's called Graza. It's not, this is not an ad. I, I bought many of these. Uh, I paid, paid money for all of them. So there's two bottles in the set. They are plastic bottles with like a little squeeze top, right? So it's not like you have to un- unscrew a cap and then dri- it you literally it's like a it's like a twist and squeeze bottle. It's amazing. There's two of them. One is drizzle and one is sizzle. Sizzle is for cooking and drizzle is for like drizzling on top. I in my own life would never buy two olive oils. I recognize that they probably do serve different purposes. I go to like Fairway or Whole Foods just get their like, you know, multi-purpose. There are two, and you're forced to get two because it's a set, and they are incredible. And I've never had olive oil this good. And so I thought, hey, I really like this olive oil. I kind of want to get it for other people. It's a new company. I actually, turns out I know the people who founded the company. I didn't even realize. And I thought, oh, my God. Literally, oh, my God. Hanukkah's coming up. What if I got this amazing olive oil that does all the above, right? Everyone should have two olive oils, a higher quality for drizzle than for sizzle. No one that I know, even those who like to cook, would ever think to themselves, oh, I should be buying two separate things. This is just a thing you buy. It's olive oil. It's so it's so boring, right? And everyone's going to get it. And they're going to get a little card that says, you know, hope this lasts longer than eight nights. And I thought, this is everything I want for all these people for this holiday. I am speechless. I have nothing to add to this. So I'll act very surprised when my yes, please. set of <laughs> Grazo Amazing Sizzle Drizzle Rizzle Fizzle <laughs> comes on uh comes in the mail and it's an amazing, amazing gift. And also the unorthodox swag you mentioned has beautiful things if you like Jews and puns. And if you're listening to this show, come on, of course you do. <laughs> you could go to tabletstudios.com to get some beautiful Jewy wear uh, of your choice. Stephanie Butnick, thank you so much for being our guest. Merry gifting to you as well. And a very happy Hanukkah. 
This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts and get your Take One t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Tanya Singer, Courtney Hazlett, Robert Scaramuccia, Mark Oppenheimer, and Sara Fedmanader. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.